Act Three of The Woman's Prize. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Woman's Prize, or The Tamer Tamed, by John Fletcher. Act Three, Scene One. Enter Tranio and Roland. Come, you shall take my counsel. I shall hang first. I'll no more love, that's certain. Tis a bane, next that they poison rats with, the most mortal. No, I thank heaven I have got my sleep again, and now begin to write sense. I can walk ye a long hour in my chamber like a man, and think of something that may better me, some serious point of learning, or my state. No more I me's and miseries, Tranio. Come near my brain, I'll tell thee. Had the devil but any essence in him of a man, and could be bought to love, and love a woman, twould make his head ache worser than his horns do, and firk him with a fire he never felt yet, would make him dance. I tell thee, there is nothing. It may be thy case, Tranio, therefore hear me. Under the sun, reckon the mass of follies crept into the world with man, so desperate, so mad, so senseless, poor, and base, so wretched, roguy, and scurvy. Whether wilt thou, Roland? As tis to be in love. And why, for virtue's sake? And why, for virtue's sake, dost thou not conceive me? No, by my troth. Pray, then, and heartily, for fear thou fall into it. I'll tell thee why, too, for I have hope to save thee. When thou lovest, and first begins to worship the gilt calf, imprimus, thou hast lost thy gentry, and like apprentice flung away thy freedom. Forthwith thou art a slave. That's a new doctrine. Next thou art no more a man. What, then? A frippery. Nothing but braided hair and penny ribbons, glove, garter, ring, rose, or at the best a swabber if thou canst love so near to keep thy making, yet thou wilt lose thy language. Why? O Tranio, those things in love ne'er talk as we do. No? No, without doubt. They sigh, and shake the head, and sometimes whistle dolefully. No tongue? Yes, Tranio, but no truth in it. And when they can't, for tis a kind of canting, ye shall hear, if ye reach to understand them, which you must be a fool first, or you cannot, such gibberish, such, believe me, I protest sweet, and, O oh, dear heavens, in which such constellations reign at the births of lovers, this is too well, and deign me, lady, deign me, I beseech ye, you poor unworthy lump, and then she licks him. A blank on, this is nothing. Thou hast hit it. Then she talks ten times worse, and rise and wriggles, as though she had the itch, and so it may be. Why, thou art grown a strange discoverer. Of mine own follies, Tranio. Wilt thou roll in certain there, love, again? I think so, certain. And if I be not dead drunk, I shall keep it. Tell me with this. What dost thou think of women? Why, as I think of fiddles, they delight me till their strings break. What strings? Their modesties, faiths, vows, and maidenheads. For they are like kits. They have but four strings to them. What wilt thou give me for ten pound now, when thou next lovest, and the same woman still? Give me the money, a hundred, and my bond for it. But pray hear me, I'll work all means I can to reconcile ye. Do, do, give me the money. There. Work, Tranio. You shall go sometimes where she is. Yes, straight. This is the first good I e'er got by woman. You would think it strange now, if another beauty as good as hers, say, better well conceive me this is no point of the wager that's all one love you as much or more than now she hates you tis a good hearing let him love ten pound more i never love that woman there it is and so an hundred if you lose tis done 
Have you another to put in? No, no, sir. I'm very sorry. Now I will erect a new game and go to hell for the bell. I'm sure I am an excellent case to win. I must have leave to tell you, and tell truth, too, what she is and how she suffers for you. Ten pound more, I never believe you. No, sir, I am stinted. Well, take your best way, then. Let's walk. I am glad your sullen fever's off. Shalt see me, Tranio, a monstrous merry man now. Let's to the wedding, and as we go, tell me the general hurry of these mad wenches and their works. I will. And do thy worst. Something I'll do. Do, Tranio. Exeunt. Scene two. Enter Pedro and Jaques. A pair of stocks bestride em. Are they gone? Yes, they are gone, and all the pans in the town beating before em. What strange admonitions they gave my master, and how fearfully they threatened if he broke em. Oh, my conscience has found his full match now. That I believe, too. How did she entertain him? She looked on him. But scurvily? With no great affection. That I saw. And I heard some say he kissed her, but twas upon a treaty, and some copies say but her cheek. Jaquise, what wouldst thou give for such a wife now? Full as many prayers as the most zealous Puritan conceives out of the meditation of fat veal or birds of prey crammed capons against players, and to as good a tune, too, but against her, that heaven would bless me from her? Mark it, Pedro. If this house be not turned within this fortnight with the foundation upward, I'll be carted. My comfort is yet that those Amorites that came to back her cause, those heathen whores, had their hoods hallowed with sack. How devilish drunk they were. And how they tumbled, Pedro. Didst thou mark the country cavaliero? Out upon her, how she turned down the braggart. Ay, that sunk her. That drink was well put to her. What a somersault when the chair fell she fetched, with her heels upward. And what a piece of landscape she discovered. Didst mark her, when her hood fell in the posset? Yes, and there rid, like a Dutch hoy, the tumbrel when she had got her ballast. That I saw, too. How fain she would have drawn on Sophocles to come aboard, and how she simpered it. I warrant her, she has been a worthy striker. In the heat of summer there has been some hope on't. Hang her. She offered him a hairy groat and belched out, her stomach being blown with ale, some courtship upon my life, has given him twenty stools since. Believe my calculation, these old women, when they are tippled and a little heated, are like new wheels. They'll roar you all the town, or they be greased. The city syncopace, Dame Tostin Butter, had the bob too. Yes, but she was sullen drunk and given to filching. I do see her offer at Spoon. My master, I do not like his look. I fear he has fasted for all this preparation. Let's steal by him. Exeunt. Scene three. Enter Petruchio and Sophocles. Not let you touch her all this night. Not touch her. Where was your courage? Where was her obedience? Never poor man was shamed so. Never rascal that keeps a stud of whores was used so basely. 
Pray you tell me one thing truly. Do you love her? I would I did not. Upon that condition I pass thee half my land. It may be, then, her modesty required a little violence. Some women love to struggle. She had it, and so much that I sweat for't, so I did. But to no end. I washed an Ethiope. She swore my force might weary her, but win her I never could, nor should, till she consented, and I might take her body prisoner, but for her mind or appetite. Tis strange. This woman is the first I ever read of, refused a warranted occasion, and standing on so fair terms. I shall quit her. Used you no more art? Yes, I swore to her, and by no little ones, if presently, without more disputation on the matter, she grew not nearer to me, and dispatched me out of the pain I was, for I was nettled, and willingly, and eagerly, and sweetly, I would to her chambermaid, and in her hearing, begin her such a hunts up. Then she started? No more than I do now. Marry, she answered, if I were so disposed, she could not help it. But there was one called Jaquiz, a poor butler, one that might well content a single woman. And he should tilt her. To that sense, and last, she bade me yet these six nights look for nothing, nor strive to purchase it, but fair good night, and so good morrow, and a kiss or two, to close my stomach, for her vow had sealed it, and she would keep it constant. Stay ye, stay ye. Was she thus when you wooed her? Nothing, Sophocles. More keenly eager, I was oft afraid she had been light and easy. She would shower her kisses so upon me. Then I fear another's spokes i the wheel. Now thou hast found me. There gnaws my devil, Sophocles. Oh, patience preserve me, that I make her not example by some unworthy way, as fleeing her, boiling, or making verjuice, drying her. I hear her. Mark her, then, and see the air of spite and prodigality. She has studied her way to beggars both, and by this hand she shall be, if I live, a doxy. Maria at the door, and servant and woman. Fie, sir. I do not like that dressing. Tis too poor. Let me have six gold laces, broad and massy, and betwixt every lace a rich embroidery. Line the gown through with plush perfumed, and purple all the sleeves down with pearl. What think you, Sophocles? In what point stands my state now? For those hangings, let them be carried where I gave appointment. They are too base for my use, and bespeak new pieces of the civil wars of France. Let them be large and lively, and all silk-work, the borders gold. I marry, sir, this cuts it. That fourteen yards of satin give my woman. I do not like the colour. Tis too civil. There's too much silk i' the lace, too. Tell the Dutchman that brought the mares. He must with all speed send me another suit of horses, and by all means ten cast of hawks for the river. I much care not what price they bear, so they be sound and flying. For the next winter I am for the country, and mean to take my pleasure. Where's the horseman? She means to ride a great horse. With the side-saddle? Yes, and she'll run a tilt within this twelve-month. Tomorrow I'll begin to learn, but pray, sir, have great care he be an easy-doer. T'will spoil a scholar else. An easy-doer? Did you hear that? Yes, I shall meet her morals, ere it be long, I fear not. Oh, good morrow. Good morrow, lady. How is't now? Faith, sickly. This house stands in an ill air. Yet more charges? Subject to rots and rooms. 
Out, aunt. Tis nothing but a tilled fog. What think you of the lodge, then? I like the seat, but tis too little, Sophocles. Let me have thy opinion. Thou hast judgment. Tis very well. What if I pluck it down, and build a square upon it, with two courts still rising from the entrance? And is the mist a college for young scolds? And to the southward, take in a garden of some twenty acres, and cast it of the Italian fashion, hanging. And you could cast yourself so too. Pray, lady, will not this cost much money? Some five thousand, say six. I'll have it battled too. And guilt, Maria. This is a fearful course you take. Pray think on't. Ye are a woman now, a wife, and here's that must in honesty and justice look for some due obedience from you. That bare word shall cost you many a pound more, build upon't. Tell me of due obedience. What's a husband? What are we married for, to carry sumpters? Are we not one piece with you, and as worthy our own intentions as you yours? Pray hear me. Take two small drops of water, equal weighed. Tell me which is the heaviest, and which ought first to descend in duty. You mistake me. I urge not service from you, nor obedience, in way of duty, but of love and credit. All I expect is but a noble care of what I have bought you, and of what I am, and what our name may be. That's in my making. Tis true it is so. Yes, it is, Petruchio, for there was never man without our moulding, without our stamp upon him, and our justice, left anything three ages after him good and his own. Good lady, understand him. I do too much, sweet Sophocles. He's one of a most spiteful self-condition, never at peace with anything but age, that has no teeth left to return his anger. A bravery dwells in his blood yet, of abusing his first good wife. He's sooner fire than powder, and sooner mischief. If I be so, Sodane, do you not fear me? No, nor yet care for you. And if it may be lawful, I defy you. Does this become you now? It shall become me. Thou disobedient, weak, vainglorious woman! Were I but half so wilful as thou spiteful, I should now drag thee to thy duty. Drag me? But I am friends again. Take all your pleasure. Now you perceive him, Sophocles. I love thee, above thy vanity, thou faithless creature. Would I had been so happy when I married, but to have met an honest man like thee, for I am sure thou art good, I know thou art honest, a handsome, hurtless man, a loving man, though never a penny with him, and those eyes, that face, and that true heart, wear this for my sake, and when thou think'st upon me, pity me. I am cast away. Exit Maria. Why, how now, man? Pray leave me and follow your advices. The man's jealous. I shall find a time ere it be long to ask you one or two foolish questions. I shall answer as well as I am able, when you call me. If she mean true, tis but a little killing. And if I do not venture, it's... Farewell, sir. Exit Sophocles. Pray farewell. Is there no keeping a wife to one man's use? No wintering these cattle without straying? Tis hard dealing, very hard dealing, gentlemen, strange dealing. Now in the name of madness, what star reigned, what dog-star, bull, or bear-star, when I married this second wife, this whirlwind, that takes all within her compass? Was I not well warned? I thought I had, and I believe I know it and beaten to repentance in the days of my first doting. 
Had I not wife enough to turn my love to? Did I want vexation or any special care to kill my heart? Had I not every morning a rare breakfast, mixed with a learned lecture of ill language, louder than Tom o' Lincoln, and at dinner a diet of the same dish? Was there evening that e'er passed over us, without thou knave or thou whore for digestion? Had I ever a pull at this same poor sport men run mad for, but like a cur I was fain to show my teeth first, and almost worry her? And did heaven forgive me, and take this serpent from me, and am I keeping tame devils now again? My heart aches. Something I must do speedily. I'll die, if I can handsomely, for that's the way to make a rascal of her. I am sick, and I'll go very near it, but I'll perish. Exit. Scene four. Enter Livia, Bianca, Tranio, and Roland. Then I must be content, sir, with my fortune. And I with mine. I did not think a look, or a poor word or two, could have displanted such a fixed constancy, and for your ends, too. Come, come, I know your courses, and there's your gew-gods, your rings and bracelets, and the purse you gave me, the money spent in entertaining you at plays and cherry-gardens. There's your chain, too. But if you'll give me leave, I'll wear the hair still, and I would yet remember you. Give him his love, wench. The young man has employment for it. Fire, Roland! You cannot find me out a hundred pound with this poor plot. Yet let me ne'er see day more, if something do not struggle strangely in me. Young man, let me talk with you. Well, young woman? This was your mistress once. Yes. Are ye honest? I see you are young and handsome. I am honest. Why, that's well said. And there's no doubt your judgment is good enough and strong enough to tell you who are your foes and friends. Why did you leave her? She made a puppy of me. Be that granted. She must do so sometimes, and oftentimes. Love were too serious else. A witty woman. Had you loved me? I would I had. And dearly. And I had loved you so. You may love worse, sir. But that is not material. I shall lose. Some time or other, for variety, I should have called you fool, or boy, or bid you play with the pages. But have loved you still, out of all question, and extremely too. You are a man made to be loved. This woman either abuses me or loves me deadly. I'll tell you one thing. If I were to choose a husband to mine own mind, I should think one of your mother's making would content me. For a my conscience she makes good ones. Lady, I'll leave you to your commendations. I am in again. The devil take their tongues. You shall not go. I will. Yet thus far, Livia, your sorrow may induce me to forgive you, but never love again. If I stay longer, I have lost two hundred pounds. Good sir, but thus much. Turn if thou beest a man. But one kiss off you, one parting kiss, and I am gone too. Come, shall I kiss fifty pound away at this clap? We'll have one more, and then farewell. Farewell. Well, go thy ways. Thou bearst a kind heart with thee. Has made us stand? A noble, brave young fellow, worthy a wench indeed. I will. I will not. Exit Roland. He's gone, but shot again. Play you but your part, and I will keep my promise. Forty angels in fair gold, lady. Wipe your eyes. He's yours, if I have any wit. I'll pay the forfeits. Come, then, let's see your sister. 
how she fares now after her skirmish. And be sure Moroso be kept in good hand. Then all's perfect, Livia. Exeunt. Scene five. Enter Jaques and Pedro. Oh, Jaques, Jaques, what becomes of us? Oh, my sweet master! Run for a physician, and a whole peck apothecaries, Pedro. He will die, diddle, diddle, die, if they come not quickly, and bring all people that are skillful in lungs and livers, raise the neighbors, and all the aquavitae bottles extant. And oh, the parson, Pedro, oh, the parson, a little of his comfort, never so little. Twenty to one you'll find him at the bush. There's the best ale. I fly. Exit Pedro. Enter Maria and servants. Out with the trunks, ho! Why are you idle? Sirrah, up to the chamber, and take the hangings down, and see the linen packed up, and sent away within this half hour. What, are the carts come yet? Some honest body help down the chests of plate, and some the wardrobe. Alas, we are undone else. Pray, forsooth, and I beseech ye, tell me, is he dead yet? No, but is drawing on. Out with the armor. Then I'll go see him. Thou art undone, then, fellow. No man that has been near him come near me. Enter Sophocles and Petronius. Why, how now, lady? What means this? Now, daughter, how does my son? Save all you can, for heaven's sake. Enter Livia, Bianca, and Tronio. Be of good comfort, sister. Oh, my casket! How do's thy husband, woman? Get you gone, if you mean to save your lives. The sickness— Stand farther off, I prithee. Is i' the house, sir. My husband has it now. Alas, he is infected, and raves extremely. Give me some counsel, friends. Why lock the doors up, and send him in a woman to attend him? I have bespoke two women, and the city hath sent a watch by this time. Meat nor money he shall not want, nor prayers. How long is't since it first took him? But within these three hours. Enter watch. I am frighted from my wits. Oh, here's the watch. Pray, do your office. Lock the doors up, friends, and patience be his angel. This comes unlooked for? All to the lodge. Some that are kind and love me I know will visit me. Petruchio within. Do you hear, my masters? Ho, you that lock the doors up. Tis his voice. Ho, then let's hear him. Will ye starve me here? Am I a traitor or an heretic? Pray, sir, pray. I am as well as you are, good man puppy. Pray have patience. You shall want nothing, sir. I want a cudgel, and thee, thou wickedness. He speaks well enough. Had ever a strong heart, sir. Will ye hear me? First be pleased to think I know ye all, and can distinguish every man's several voice. You that spoke first, I know my father-in-law, the other Tranio, and I heard Sophocles, the last, pray mark me, is my damned wife Maria. If any man misdoubt me for infected, there is mine arm, let any man look on't. Enter doctor and apothecary. Save ye, gentlemen. Oh, welcome, doctor. Ye come in happy time. Pray your opinion. What think you of his pulse? It beats with busiest, and shows a general inflammation, which is the symptom of a pestilent fever. Take twenty ounces for him. Take a fool. Take an ounce from mine arm. And, Dr. Duzace, I'll make a close stool of your velvet costard. Gentlemen, do ye make a may-game on me? 
I tell ye once again, I am as sound, as well, as wholesome, and as sensible as any of ye all. Let me out quickly, or, as I am a man, I'll beat the walls down, and the first thing I light upon shall pay for it. Exit Doctor and Apothecary. Nay, we'll go with you, Doctor. Tis the safest. I saw the tokens, sir. Then there is but one way. Will it please you open? His fit grows stronger still. Let's save ourselves, sir. He's past all worldly cure. Friends, do your office. And what he wants, if money, love, or labour, or any way may win it, let him have it. Farewell, and pray, my honest friends. Exeunt. Why, rascals, friends, gentlemen, thou beastly wife, Jaquiz, none hear me? Who at the door there? Think, I pray so, whether you are going, and prepare yourself. These idle thoughts disturb you. The good gentlewoman, your wife, has taken care you shall want nothing. Shall I come out in quiet? Answer me, or shall I charge a fowling piece and make mine own way? Two of ye I cannot miss. If I miss three, ye come here to assault me. I am as excellent well, I thank heaven for it, and have as good a stomach at this instant. That's an ill sign. He draws on. He's a dead man. And sleepers soundly. Will you look upon me? Do you want pen and ink, while you have settled your state? Sirs, I am well as you are, or any rascal living. Would you were, sir? Look to yourselves, and if you love your lives, open the door, and fly me, for I shoot else. I'll shoot, and presently chain bullets, and under four I will not kill. Let's quit him. It may be it is a trick. He's dangerous. The devil take the hindmost, I cry. Exit watch, running. Enter Petruchio with a piece. Have among ye. The door shall open too. I'll have a fair shoot. Are ye all gone? Tricks in my old days, crackers put now upon me. And by Lady Greensleeves, am I grown so tame after all my triumphs? But that I should be thought mad, if I railed, as much as they deserve against these women, I would now rip up, from the primitive cuckold, all their arch-villainies, and all their doubles, which are more than a hunted hare e'er thought on, when a man has the fairest and the sweetest of all their sex, and as he thinks the noblest, what has he then? And I'll speak modestly. He has a quartern ague, that shall shake all his estate to nothing, never cured nor never dying. He has a ship, to venture his fame and credit in, which, if he man not, with more continual labour than a galley, to make her tithe, either she grows a tumbrel, not worth the cloth she wears, or springs more leaks than all the fame of his posterity can ever stop again. I could rail twenty days. Out on em, hedgehogs! He that shall touch em has a thousand thorns run through his fingers. If I were unmarried, I would do anything below repentance, any base dunghill slavery. Be a hangman, ere I would be a husband. Oh, the thousand, thousand, ten thousand ways they have to kill us! Some fall with too much stringing of the fiddles, and those are fools. Some that are not suffered, and those are maudlin lovers. Some, like scorpions, they poison with their tails, and those are martyrs. Some die with doing good, those benefactors, and leave them land to leap away. Some few, for those are the rarest, they are said to kill with kindness and fair usage. But what they are my catalogue discovers not. Only it is thought they are buried in old walls with their heels upward. I could rail twenty days together now. I'll seek em out, and if I have not reason, and very sensible, why this was done, I'll go a-birding yet, and some shall smart for it. Exit. 
End of Act Three.